Welcome back, Chalk Line Talk listeners, to another episode of the Chalk Line Talk podcast. Um, it is a beautiful Thursday. Me and Will are both up here in snowy but kind of sunny Wisconsin a little bit. Very bright day. Um, yeah, very bright day, but it, it's been snowing. It's bought off the whole day. So making it work. Uh, very cold, but ironically, even though in the midst of an ex- dream snow wave there's a lot of baseball to talk about uh in the last hot. yeah it's hot dude a lot of stuff going on in baseball here the last couple of days some of it good some of it bad but overall lots of material uh so we'll get into a full show we also got a great interview today with bennett carroll who you may know as white Sox twitter personality but you also may know him as the founder and the fu- main fundraiser of the Sell the Team Jerry White Sox billboards that will be going up outside of Guaranteed Rate Field in April. So, good show, pack show, start, bench, cut, retire segment, AL East preview, lots of good stuff, lots of good talk. Will, what do you got, man? Nothing. Um, Honestly, I felt less busy going back to school. Almost had a really bad start though. Over somehow overslept the first day, but still made it on time. Still had time to go get coffee and stuff, but yeah, I don't know how I overslept. But we've been good since then. But how, how's your first week of school going? Making do, man. I got mostly night classes. I got one, uh, one class during the day, pretty consistently, and then two night classes right now. So making do. Speaking a little Espanol. So things going pretty well. Practice is starting up this week for both Will and I. Will gets to go at uh, 6 o'clock tonight. I get to go, or I get to go. I got I got class. I'm not even going to be at practice, but. I get you to go at 9, practice. actually, so I don't get to. Oh, that's even worse. And an 8 a.m. tomorrow, so I'm so excited oh. for that. I'm so happy. Yeah, literally getting home, showering, going to bed. <laughs> yep. That's it. Good luck eating. <laughs> Who needs but. that anyway? Yeah, who needs proper hydration and food? Nobody. Nutrition. Never. Yeah, never. That's not factored in, usually. Um, but yeah, so we're pretty busy. Um, as you guys have probably noticed, this is a day later than usual. It just kind of happened with the way our schedule works that this is the case. Um, we kind of got some... News that we cannot break yet because nothing's official, but could be a big time interview coming here in uh, in recent time. So stay tuned for a high caliber top seventy five percent interview in the near future. Just leave it there. Just leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> um, Don't say yeah, too much. I, I'm not saying much at all. Uh, Will, what do you got? Nothing much. I'm excited for a good episode, talking a lot of ball. Great interview with Bennett. Hilarious guy. But yeah, that's pretty much all I got. What do you say? Roll the intro. Game seven of the World Series. Bases loaded. The game right now is at the plate. A lot of room in right center. The chance of a lifetime. Sitting on 7-14. She is gone! Glenn Gray will be
So as we highlighted here in the intro, uh, big baseball week. So we're going to start off with one of the big ones, which is the Hall of Fame. So on Tuesday night, the one elected Hall of Fame member of the 2023 Hall of Fame class was announced, and that was Scott Rowland, third baseman who played a majority of his career with the Phillies and the Cardinals, also had stints with Toronto and Cincinnati. Uh, one of the top third basemen of all time, who was very well known for his defensive prowess, also was a pretty uh, pretty solid hitter, ended up with over 300 home runs, but was really well known for his glove. Um, he was a big guy, I think he's like six foot two, about 230, 240 pounds, which you don't see guys like that be as athletic as he is playing the hot corner, which was a big turning point in the way that we saw third baseman, that you could have these really big guys, if they could prove that they're athletic, go play that position and also provide you a power bat that wasn't having to be stuck at first base. So uh, big, big time uh, election there. Roland also set the record for the lowest starting ballot rate of all time to ev- or eventually make the Hall of Fame. I believe it's at like 10%. So 10. really, 10%. it really was barely on the ballot. He didn't write back very, though. He didn't write back. Big Geno Smith guy. And He's in. So, Will, what are your thoughts on Mr. Scott Rowland? I think that a lot of people, obviously he's not a slam dunk Hall of Famer, but he was a lot better than people thought. Like He had a 70-point war, 70.1 career war, great defender, and even had the same OPS plus as Ernie Banks, which is eye-opening at 122. So I think that he definitely deserves to be in, and anyone that says that he shouldn't is wrong. But a lot of people didn't think that he was that shoe in to be a Hall of Famer. And obviously he wasn't. He didn't get wasn't getting ninety five percent of the vote. But I mean, here we are. He's still in. And he deserves it. So Yeah, and I think Roland presents a really interesting case because he's almost like the transition from old school voting to analytical voting. Cause if you look about like 10, exactly. 15 years ago, a guy like Roland probably doesn't get in. But then we look back more at the analytics and we see how incredible of a defender he was and then you look at his ops plus and you look at his war right and that's stuff that's now being more factored in defensive runs saved and all those measurements those are being more factored in now compared to what would have been a factor which would have been you know he was a seven-time all-star okay and he won a rookie of the year okay but no mvps none of that so this new age analytics has really added to roland's case which is why when he debuted five or six years ago he only was at 10 percent, and now he's at 75 and makes the hall of fame which is a really cool story it's also interesting because you literally see the the progression of the game through scott Rowland's hall of fame case going from a guy that was looked at non-analytically barely's on the ballot to now he's looked at analytically and he's in the hall of fame yeah that's kind of why people didn't expect him to get in but this is like you said the first guy that's going to break the barrier of being half analytical and half old school. So excited for next year. Hopefully we get some good guys that deserve to be in next year. So, Yeah, and on the point of next year, I think we saw a really good trend with this year's ballot. Even though you only saw one guy get in, almost everybody jumped besides Omar Vizquel, which he's got some off-the-field reasons as to why that was the case. But almost everybody else jumped in terms of percentage points. Uh, towards a higher number. Andrew Jones jumped 
like 15%. Todd Helton jumped 20%. Sheffield jumped. Um, Beltron on his first year, about 45%, which is a pretty good starting point, especially with what he's gone through off the field and technically kind of on the field. Uh, more on the field, I guess, uh, but from behind the scenes. And uh, who was the other big jump? Oh, Billy Wagner, another big jump. So those guys all jumped up really high and put themselves in position now where if they can kind of retain the votes they had last year and then add some new votes, they could be in good shape. The only problem with that is you look who gets added on to the ballot next year and you wonder if those guys retain the votes. And here's why. You add in a shoe-in Hall of Famer in Adrian Beltre, who no doubt will be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Then you add on a guy who easily could be a first ballot Hall of Famer, but for sure will garner at least about half the vote, which is Joe Maurer, who one of the better catchers in Major League Baseball history in terms of his bat and glove. Yep, a legend. And then you add a third guy who probably is not a a first ballot Hall of Famer, more than likely won't be, but he will garner a fair share of the vote, and that's Chase Utley, one of the better left-handed hitting second basemen of all time. So, you look at the guys that we just mentioned that kind of jumped, right? Sheffield, Andrew Jones, Billy Wagner, Todd Helton, and mine's gone blank. Oh, and, then I, and Beltron on his first year on the ballot. So, you look at those five, then you add in the other three of Utley, Maurer, and, uh, or, uh, uh, Beltre. That's eight, immediately. So, I'm on guys that jumped a lot, who got a lot of votes, but didn't get in. And then three guys who are definitely going to get a lot of votes. You're talking about a tight ballot again. And especially with a lot of those guys who are very old school and are big small hall guys. You might see another rough year for some of those guys on this 2023 ballot. Like Andrew Jones. Like Gary Sheffield, who will be on his last year in the ballot. And I've become more fond of the Hall of Fame as I've gotten older. Because as you get older, you start looking more into the history and oh I remember that guy playing or growing up watching him play and you start to have more connections to it as I get older the more frustrated I get because these guys that really like this small hall kind of take away opportunities for these elite baseball players to be in baseball's elitist state yeah 100% and another weird thing to think about is how this is like literally like it's ten like if you obviously stay on the ballot all ten years, it's essentially a ten year presidential campaign. You're fighting yes. for your name to be out there. Like, has there ever been a guy that has been on it for ten years and got on it his tenth year or got in? Uh, I believe. I think that'd be pretty interesting. I think there is. I think I think there's a decent amount because a lot of times, as they're about to really? end, well, usually it's been the fifteenth because. They just changed to 10 about a decade ago. It used to be 15 years. Um, there's been some guys, though, that got in on 10. I want to say I want to say Andre Dawson maybe got in on 10. I don't remember. But yeah, Jeff Kent's also off the ballot, too, which, uh, you know, that guy probably is a Hall of Famer. I think he probably gets in on one of the veterans committees or something like that uh, later on. He's, he won an MVP as a second baseman. It's pretty impressive. You don't see a lot of second basemen winning MVPs, so. No, it's a pretty good accomplishment, but that's our Hall of Fame talk. Let's move on to another hot topic, which is 
Mr. Artie Moreno of the Los Angeles Angels. Artie Moreno came out with a statement the other day announcing that he will not sell the Los Angeles Angels, which he previously was expected to. Uh, reports have shown that he was looking to sell the team between $2.5 and $3 billion, which would have set the market for a team sale in Major League Baseball with Steve Cohen having bought the Mets at $2.4 million. Um, he apparently had five or so interested buyers and couldn't sell. So I, I don't get it, and I feel bad for Angels fans because that tenure under Artie Moreno has been brutal. Some people are saying that he just didn't want to leave. Like he was like, oh, yeah. I've been with this team for two decades or whatever, 20 years. I don't want to get rid I don't want to sell it, but I just don't think he could. Really? It's like when like your girlfriend breaks up with you and you're like, yeah, like we just mutually decided that we wanted to break up, even though she broke up with you. That's exactly how it is. If I but nobody wanted life him terms. There. No. Nobody wants him there at all. Like so, every Angels fan was like, You gotta be shitting me. <laughs> he, yeah. he was keeping the team. Um two of the best wanna... baseball players of all time and we, they can't make the playoffs. Let's go, baby. Yeah, let's let's look at that a little bit. So Artie Moreno, uh in the last twenty years. They have won exactly one playoff series. Embarrassing. Was it? In tw- oh, in 20 it was years. Before, was it the game before they played the White Sox or the series? It was, right? I believe 2005? it was 2000. It might have been 2005. Yeah. Yeah, give me that baseball knowledge. I okay, know they didn't go. play the Sox round one, I think. But yeah, they might have got a bye. I think they beat the Red Sox round one. And they beat the Angels. But yes, so that was their only playoff series when it was in the 2005 season. Uh, since Mike Trout has arrived, they have yet to win a playoff series. They finished first place six times, which in 20 years isn't a horrible ratio, especially with how well the Astros have played, you know, the last six years or so. And then, you know, Texas also had a pretty good run in there too, but six times. So that's not really horrible, but in terms of overall winning, not much. I think they've won the division exactly one time since Trout arrived, which is a complete Bismol. monstrosity like how do you you're the best player in the sport and you won the division one time which shows an absolute lack of an ability to build a team which falls directly on the owner because he directly hires the general manager and the president of baseball apps so uh that's a I rough look, look uh the one series they did win was the 2005 playoffs they beat the yankees and then they beat the white Sox. gave them their only loss in the their World Series postseason. Funny story. Obviously they went what was it? It looks like it I'm trying to do math. Eleven and one during that postseason. The, the one Sox? game they lost. Yeah. yeah. Eleven yeah. and one. The one game that they lost was the only game my dad got tickets to the entire postseason. <laughs> so he's bad luck. It just shows like, yeah, I come from a we're we're bad luck. Come on. All right. Well next time they go tell Dan he can't uh he was also there last year when they got eliminated by the Astros. So, yeah, <laughs> that's just we just have cold. Luck. We have a cold touch. Next playoff series, he's got to stay home, which we don't know yeah. when that one's going to happen either. Yeah, but and then also, also, I wanted to bring this up about the Angels too and Artie Moreno. So, Artie Moreno took over the team in two thousand three. In two thousand and three, the team was named the Anaheim Angels. Remember the Anaheim Angels? Of course, Angels in the Outfield, great movie. Yep. And then under Moreno's reign, 
they decided to change the name back to the Los Angeles Angels. And I don't know if that ever factored into your mind, but that might be the dumbest name in the history of team names. The Los Angeles Angels, which Los Angeles... So confusing. Los Angeles, in Spanish, means the Angels. So they are literally the The Angels Angels. Angels. They're the Angels Angels. And then, so he, he changed it to the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, which, again, makes zero time, zero sense at all. They're the Angels Angels of Anaheim. And then they took off the Anaheim to just become the Angels Angels. So another just incredible, inept example of Artie Moreno, that he changed the name to the Angels Angels instead of just leaving it as the Anaheim Angels, which was cool because it was AA, and it wasn't like, you know, it was a different city, and it was cool. It's cool. LA is still cool, but it's so hard to say. I Lost, find myself yeah. spitting on myself trying and to say And it's the that. Angels Angels. It's so dumb. Los Angeles also, Angels. Also, I just looked. Anaheim's 40 minutes away from Los Angeles. And I think that's okay if you're like a small market team, but there's already a team in Los Angeles. Like, yeah. You don't... <laughs> no, it's so... It San makes Diego, San no Diego. sense. They're not Los Angeles. They're not whatever. They're no, San Diego. So dumb. He had to make it... Los Angeles Angels, which is the Angels Angels, which is just ridiculous. And then the last thing before we get to our AL East preview. Again, I don't will I keep blaming Will. This is literally Will's fault because every it's just chance. It's literally Will's fault because every single episode, somehow, some way, an example of some type of domestic violence or sexual assault gets brought up. So I'm going to let Will handle this one. This I'm, is not my fault. Know, this is I, it's your fault. You get, you get to talk about it. I'm blaming it on you. It's your fault. You can talk about it. So apparently reports came out that Mike Clevenger had abused his baby mother and child. Um, I mean, I don't really want to go into the details because they're, <laughs> they're pretty gruesome. gruesome. Yeah. I'd rather not repeat them. But the reports did come out yesterday. The MLB's launching an open investigation. And really the only takeaway I have from this is that him and Trevor Bauer were best friends at one point. Makes a lot of sense. Very weird. But very (laughs) not great because now we need a fifth starter because I I don't see him playing this year. There's There's no way. Literally no shot this guy plays. Did you see the what he did? Like I know I don't want to describe it. But pictures have already surfaced. He pulled out his chewing tobacco out of his lip and hucked it at the daughter. That's awful. That's like that's about as bad as it gets. Ten like automatically old, disgusting. As a ten year old having to encounter chewing tobacco to begin with, probably made her want to puke. And you threw it at her head. That's an all time bad human being. It's so bad. There's no way he's definitely suspended for the rest of this year. There's no shot he plays. And well, and if you're the White Sox, you hope he does because right now they can't cut him or else they have to pay him. But if he gets suspended, then they don't have to pay him, which means they have money freed up, which they can go sign a guy like Mike Walker or something along those lines. But yeah, just they the White Sox luck. That's never, just, never even got to pitch a game or anything. Ne- just didn't do research. Not even spring training started. Like didn't even didn't even think about like we should look into that. You hey, know? Maybe he might not be a great guy. Yeah, let's make sure he's just like a good human being before yeah, we he sign him. He's a little off, but like let's no. let's still sign him. You know, screw it. Yeah, we're gonna hire a manager who drives drunk, and we're gonna hire a pitcher who beats women, and we're gonna say it's good. Griefel is just walking into this God, like man. blindly. I feel bad for pa- like what is he like? That's just BS. 
Yeah, like he's literally already only got four starters, and you're banking on Davis Martin right now. We need to sign Michael Waka. Michael Waka Waka Waka. Yeah, we know. I take Waka Flaka. Sign Michael Waka. I waka, like Michael flaka. Waka. Waka Flaka Flaka. Yeah, he's you like Waka Flaka Flaka. Michael Waka. I'm gonna make a big old Pac-Man flag that says Michael Waka 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 Waka. <laughs> Jesus. No, I like Waka. Yeah, uh, we need waka, somebody. Flaka. We really. <laughs> Isn't Kopech our fourth starter? And that's kind of stretching it a little bit, I'd say. Yeah, I think your one is clearly Cease. Your two is Lynn. Your three is Gilito. Your fourth is Kopech. So. Shoot. Yeah. You're rolling. This is not the, looking good so far. And one and two are good. And then three is coming off of a horrendous year who literally could be DFA'd if he starts off bad. And uh, number four is a guy who I don't know if he's thrown over 100 innings yet in his career. So ideal, to say the least. Which is very white socks. About it. Super white socks. Very white socks. Only Johnny Cueto. You know, only, for about $5 million cheaper, too. You just could have kept him in-house. Wouldn't that have been sick? The coolest yeah. walkout of all time, too. No. What's James Shields up to nowadays? You know what? Hey, get some inning eaters. Might as well. Yeah, might as well uh, see, see what he's up to. If he's playing pickleball or something. He might be. Might be a so Sweaty Freddie Garcia. See what he's, Mark Burley, even. Screw how about it. Little John, how about John Garland? John OG. Garland, or uh, like uh, our guy Bennett mentions later, look Gavin Floyd action, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Gavin Floyd was the guy. guy. He pitched so much for how bad he was. He wasn't <laughs> no, bad, he was not. He was so average. He was like the most mediocre pitcher ever. You know who else is, should come back is Philip Humber. Big perfect game guy. Just threw a perfect game <laughs> out of nowhere. Literally the know. only thing he ever did. He threw just Probably out of nowhere like a, through a perfect game. A career like four or five ERA and then just through a perfect game. Yeah. What? They could see if, they could see if Esteban Luiza is still free, but I don't know if he's even uh, out of jail yet. So pretty sure he's like a yep. drug lord. We'll be waiting incredible. to hear back from him. Yeah. Might be in his orange jumpsuit on the mound, but he's he can digging his way out right now. He, I'm banking on it. If he can rip it up there at ninety with some sink, we'll take it. Shoot. <laughs> Take anybody at this point. Man, well, that's it for our intro. A lot of baseball talk. We probably didn't even get to some stuff that's happened here in the past week, but we're going to shoot it over real quick to the uh, AL East preview. Well, we've accomplished the AL and NL Central previews, and with spring training about a month and a half away, it's about time we get on to the East, which will take us to the American League first, which includes the Blue Jays, the Yankees, the Rays, the Orioles, and the Boston Red Sox. Well, Boston. what are your initial thoughts on the American League East in 2023? The AL Beast. The I'm AL Beast. Of, I'm seeing a lot of things I like out of this division. And it was very tough to rank. I'd even say the top four were tough to put together a list. But a lot of young talent in this division. I, yes. mean, I, I say that a lot about most divisions. I love young talent. But I'm really excited to see... Um, the, what the Orioles and the Blue Jays are going to bring this year. Those are like my two teams that I'm most excited to watch. I don't think they're going to be the best, but I'm very excited to watch them. 
I agree. The Orioles should be fun. And I I have I think the Blue Jays are the best team in terms of talent. It depends if they can kind of stay healthy for me. Yeah. Because Springer kind of his body a little bit fell apart last year and obviously he got hurt in the big like, you know, in the playoff game where that big collision with Bichette. Um and they lost to Oscar, which could be, you know, consequential for them, but they brought in Dalton Varsho, which is a really good move. Their catchers, it's probably the best catching tandem in baseball with Jansen and Kirk. And that rotation should be good, man. I mean, talking about Gosman and Manoa at the top, and I know some people are calling for a Manoa regression this year, um, which I don't really know if that's the truth, but I've just kind of seen it circulating. But even so, I mean, Gosman and Manoa is a really, really solid top two. And you're willing to roll with those two any day of the week. Yeah, they have a stud lineup. They had some really big outfield additions this year. I believe they added Kiermaier and Dalton Varsho and mm-hmm. added Whit Merrifield at the end of last year. I still have them at second in the division because I just think the Yankees are so deep and so they're going to be really good. They return pretty much everybody. Great pitching. The bullpen is a little bit of a question mark. And they have question marks at positions, but it's not like who's going to be the, like it's, they have depth. Like it's not an issue of who's going to perform. It's just who's going to perform the best. Yeah. And I, you know, I, you're probably right. Right. Like the Yankees are a deeper team, but I think if the Blue Jays can stay healthy, I think they're the most talented one. Oh yeah. Looking at their lineup, it's definitely better. Like you go through it and they, and like their one big thing they were missing was they needed some left-handed juice. Went and got Varsho. Kiermaier can kind of up his bat a little bit. Obviously, we know how good of a defender he is out in center. But he can up his bat a little bit. He's also taken the kind of a break for the legs for for Springer now. He doesn't to play center field all the time. So, I, I, I like the Blue Jays a lot. But on the Orioles, man, they're fun. Right? They were fun last year. I think they're going to be fun again. I think... They probably could have and probably should have done more in the offseason, right? Like, this is a young and budding team. You thought they'd kind of add some more pieces to it. They really didn't. They went out and got Kyle Gibson, which is just, you know, another, you know, number three arm, really, who probably sits in pretty good shape in their rotation. But offensively, that's going to be a fun little lineup. You know, Mullen's out there in the outfield. That's a fun guy to watch. You know, Santander. Fun. Gunnar Henderson. Gunnar Henderson and Adley are both fun and exciting to watch. Right? There's some there's some fun going on there. Mount Castle, right? He could be a big guy here at first base. So I like the Orioles. I think they still finish fourth, but I think they're gonna be fun. They got Grayson Rodriguez too, the uh pitcher. He's the number seven prospect in all baseball. So their staff really isn't good besides him. him, Him and Andrew Painter, I think, are the top two arms as prospects. So a lot of expectation for Grayson here too. Yep. What are your thoughts but on Tampa? Tampa. Uh, I mean, I just said literally all I wrote down was frisky young team. Yeah, I think they but that's what they are every year, isn't it? Yeah. I like, I, I think in one division, at least I always have a frisky young team and that's the raise this year. They could surprise people. I don't necessarily think they will. They have Glass now coming back from an injury. 
some decent pitching. Obviously, Wander Franco, some decent young talent, but it's just a matter of who they're up against and realistically, probably the best division in the AL, I'd say. I think they're a playoff team. The Rays? Yeah. One, yeah. I mean, they prove they yeah. prove it to us like Maybe. every year. They prove it to us like ever. Team. Like even last year, they they proved it to us without glass. They are, now. Like, they are like the Astros in a sense that they always they're always competitive. They're always good with like not a lot of big names on their team, but I don't yeah, know if they're, they're a playoff just, team this year. I think if, they are because I think I think McClanahan, Glass, now Rasmussen, and don't forget they went and signed Zach Eflin from Philly. Ended up having a really good postseason run. I think their rotation can hang up in that division. I really, really do. And offensively, yeah, they're a little undermatched, right? But Wander, dude. Rosarena, a dude. Brandon Lau's kind of a dude. Yandy's not bad. Jose Siri has one of the highest 95th percentile exit velocities. Credit to Ben Clemens for that. That's a pretty cool article from Fangraphs. No free ads, but free ad. Um, now, Fangraphs can well, get it. Baseball Fangraphs savant, those, two, those two are good. Yeah. Fangraphs is Baseball badass. reference, too, I guess. But he uh, had like an article on the guys with the highest 95th percentile exit velocity. So when they hit the ball the hardest, who hits the ball the hardest consistently? And Jose Siri is one of those guys, but he doesn't make contact that much. So if he can figure out a way to make contact, he all of a sudden becomes a guy who's like, oh, shoot. Dude, I think, like I think Rosarena declines this year. I'm going to say it. Really? You think he finally kind of hits the regression? Yep. I think he's going to mellow out this year. Going to go back to not who he was, but just like a normal player. I feel like it's crazy. It's he too was good to uh, be true. crazy. He's 28 already. Yeah, it, it is like crazy. Yesterday, he was like, that was like the rookie. He was in that rundown at third base yeah. against the Dodgers. Oh, yeah. Take me back to that. Or, just lighting up the ALDS and CS. Yeah, I think that at one point crazy. I saw a, a tweet that his like home run over like over half a home run to bet on it was like plus a hundred or something. Yeah, which is unreal. He was just every day. Team. Yeah, it was every he day. Was just, boom. Guess what? Rosarena went deep again. This guy you've never heard of, which was just so raised in twenty twenty. Yeah, they they had like the smallest cap ever. But yeah, what do you think of Boston? Talk the, can we talk about the Red Sox. Tristan yeah, Cassis is going to be a dude. You think so? That's your guy. Yes, that is my guy through and through in this division. That's you've you've mentioned him multiple times. Have I? Yeah, you. I think Probably. you like him. I I like him a little bit. I like him. I think he's going to be oh, good. good. Eric, you, he's like you're, he's like your uh, Enrique Bradfield. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, you're not that he, much into him? Except he can hit the ball out of the park. Boom, roasted. Oh, wow. Stop Sorry, it. Enrique. I'm a tag Enrique. And Dude, that's just thing. not his game. I love Enrique. I think he's a great player. That's just not his game. Don't doubt him. All he needs is one hater. I'm not doubting you think, him. You think he can't do it? That's all he needed. I think he's good. That's all he needed. <laughs> Shut up. That's all I think he's he needed. Good. <laughs> he just, Dude, he doesn't need to hit the ball out of the park. He needs to keep hitting ground balls and getting on base. Like... That's his game. Uh, yeah, he's a beast. Whether he hits the ball out of the ballpark or not, he's still going to be like a top 15 pick. But As like 30 or no, like 45-year-old old baseball coach wearing like Air Monarchs, does that sound like just, he's so fast. Just hit the ball on the ground, please. I know. he's He can fly, dude. And what do you got on Boston? 
Boston. Go lineup. Um, Trevor Story being hurt. Signed Mondesi. So the infield is definitely the biggest question mark for them besides Turner and Cassis. So up the middle. Outfield, they got Verdugo. I'm excited about him. I like him a lot too. I got them finishing third in the division, but I think they could easily flip to a four or a two. In my opinion, I don't I don't know who they'll be competing with at two or four, but I they're definitely not one and they're definitely not five. So I'd say they're in that two to four range. Realistically yeah, I think, three. I think they're in last place. Really? I think Dude, that what? pitching I think that pitching rotation is dog ass. Dog ass coming back? No. We'll talk about it later. Interesting. I, yeah, I know. I think he's. I think he's donezos. I think Dude, he's gonna. What? I think he's gonna be back to throwing the ball about ninety-one miles an hour, and he's gonna get smoked. His. He's expect. We'll get into more details about Sale, but that rotation is just butter. Chris Sale is thirty-four years old. Kluber? He's your ace. Kluber's thirty-seven, dude. So he's thirty-seven, and he hasn't been good in. Four years? He had like a week with the Yankees where he threw no hitter. Like, that was cool. He hasn't been good in forever. Nick Pavetta's Kenley really Jansen? their ace. Yeah. What Kenley Jansen? Kenley Jansen's 36. Chris Martin's 37. John Trelberg? Like, Trelberg? Not, Trelberg? It's, not, it's, not a, it's not a good bullpen, really. You don't think John so? Tr- John Schreiber's Chris okay. Martin? Tan- Tanner Houck can be pretty good. Joely Rodriguez can be okay. Brazier's not very good. Cutter Crawford is not very good. Then you go through that lineup, right? Not a bad lineup, but you haven't seen anything from Masataka Yoshida yet at all. So we don't know what you're going to get Stud. from him. Kike Dog. is a, a fairly Dog. average, average Dog. major league hitter. Yeah, okay. Rafi. Dog. Nah, he's a dog. I'll give you that. Uh, play the infield again. See what happens. You know who you see? Who their catcher game? is Reese McGuire. Yes, Reese McGuire. We Dog. saw plenty of Reese McGuire. Reese McGuire is kidding. not Reece that McGuire guy. Sucks. Alberto Mondesi was hurt almost. They the shouldn't have got rid of Christian year. Vasquez. He was a dog. I miss Christian good. Vasquez. I really like the Duval move for them. Duval? I wish the White Sox would have made that move. Move, but. I don't, I don't I think they're very overrated. There's not a lot of depth. I mean, there's not even really that much power, to be honest with you. Kike, not really a power guy. Justin Turner is not a power guy. Uh, Reese McGuire is not a power guy. Alberto Montesi is not a power guy. Tristan Cassis is in his first year of Major League Baseball. You don't really assume power in year one. You assume trying to make have more contact skills and put together at bats. Only power guys in your lineup are Verdugo, who has a little bit, Devers, and Duval. There's no pop. I would say Cass is. He can be, but he's a he's his first year. You can't really bank on it. He's projected as many home runs as Duval, so probably get more playing time. Duval is probably going to platoon with Arroyo and stuff in the outfield, and Babby Dalback. It's a great name. First team all name. What a what's such a Boston name. Boston. We love Babby Dalbeck in the Boston Red Sox. Mark Wahlberg. That was awful. Mark, I'm sorry. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg. 
It's like Ray Ray McLeod's my favorite player in the NFL because that's, that's just an awesome name. name on the 49ers. That's a good Ray name, Ray? yeah. Ray Ray the third. That awesome. That's a pretty solid name. I, I, I disagree with you here, though. I think this team does not finish last. All right. We'll put a gentleman's bet on it. Okay. Loser has to shave their head. I, I do that all the time anyway. Yeah, so. I'm shaving my head anyway, I think. so. Shut up. Yep. Stop it. Good for the content. <laughs> All right. We call well, yeah, teams. So, so what's your prediction? Standings. So I got Yankees first, Blue Jays second, Red Sox three, Yankee or uh, Orioles four, Rays five. I think the yeah. Orioles are one year away. Yeah, I agree. I think next year's when they make moves. Yep. Um. Yeah, I got. Jays one, Yanks two, Rays three, O's four, and the Red Sox five. So the only the only one we agreed on was Orioles at four. The Rays that high? Yeah, I'm telling you, they're a playoff team, man. They're a playoff team. You watch that rotation and you watch that bullpen. I'm telling you, just watch. That's a playoff team. I'll agree to disagree with you on that one. That's fine. We'll we'll see. You'll be you'll be eating your words when Chris Sale has a 16 ERA through March, or when he's the Cy Young winner. Yeah, he might be the Cy Young winner at AAA. <laughs> it's the only place to win the Cy Young. Remember it. That's all he needed. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right that's enough. it for our ALEs preview. We're gonna hit it over to Bennett Carroll, Mr. White Sox Billboard guy. Welcome back, Chalkline Talk listeners. We got a great interview today with Mr. Bennett Carroll. Uh, Bennett is very famously known recently for being the instigator of the Sell the Team Billboard resurrection here in Chicago. He's also contributed to Sox Machine and plenty of other um, White Sox and baseball talk and also uh, Massachusetts talk as well. So, <laughs> Bennett, how you doing, man? Doing well, guys. How's it going? Thanks for having me. Yeah, really good. Uh, we're glad to have you. Uh, you know, very, very interesting story that that you have right now. I don't, I don't think you were really expecting to to be behind, but you know, here you kind of are. You're the you're the face of this big movement. There's articles all over the place. You got an interview with you know Black Club Chicago. You know what? How did this kind of happen? How did you get to where you're? Like, what happened here? <laughs> so I mean, the basis for it is. Um, the last 25 years of White Sox fandom, right? <laughs> like, I think I think that's a fair statement. Um, so it honestly, I mean, it you know, general frustration about the White Sox is normal. I think this last season, uh, 2022, really broke a lot of people. Uh, you know, it, it's I think you had a lot of people kind of still very confident in the rebuild, still very sure. You know, we've made the playoffs back to back years. It's you know, it's just that next step and the utter collapse of the season, I think really broke a lot of people. And I, I mean, if you've seen my tweets, I've been negative since you can think I, I was negative before it was cool and not in a fun way. And like, a, I admit it's obnoxious and kind of shitty way. Um, I can swear out here, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Just make it just what I always do that. And they go, I should check. Um, but so, um, 
I just kind of, I was like frustrated about something. It was before Ben Benintendi signed. I think it was, it might've been like the Clevenger deal. And I was just like this, like, I was just frustrated. And I said something to the effect of a joke to uh, a few friends. Like we should just do, you know, as you said, the, the, the resurrection of the billboards, like I remember the bulls billboard and I like, yeah. and you know, tech, Our gar tech packs. yeah. Like technically that's been successful now. Right. We can yeah. say it works. Yeah. Um, so I was joking like we should we should do a like a sell that because we were joking like oh well, would it be fire Han would it be this but like more so than ever like the last few years it's been like a very clear like who is the cause who is the kind of the yeah. person behind it so I tweeted it out as mostly a joke um, I'll be really honest the original tweet of like hey who'd be interested in this and it got a lot of response which was weird also but people liking and replying on twitter like doesn't really mean anything if if, if anyone out there is interested in running a fundraiser based off of a twitter reply like it's it's I not accurate like that, yeah. yeah like everyone says oh yeah I, i'd contribute and it doesn't mean anything um so i think it was like the next day or two days later i was like, like oh i i think i said before i wanted to do it like i want to find I want to talk to like people in the billboard, like who have billboards. I want to talk to people who, you know, ha- we could are actually- in that business. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, I, I, I want to, if I'm going to put something up, I need a number because yeah. I'm not, I'm not just saying whatever we get, we'll, we'll put in. Cause I, I wanted to be clear. And then I was talking again, I, I have a few like specific friends I'm very close with from White Sox Twitter that we were discussing. Okay. Even if we get, you know, like, we'll get, you know, a hundred bucks from a couple annoyed people, like whatever, what are we going to do when we don't hit the the billboard number basically? Right. Yeah. Like what's, what are we going to be at? So we talked about potential other things we could do. Um, so I talked to a guy and he basically gave me some numbers. He said, well, if you want to do a billboard, it's, you know, this much to put it up in general. And then it's this much for each month after. Um, and I think what the original, my number we put up was 2100 which would have been two months for uh, of like one billboard yeah um and so we hit 2100 dollars in under 90 minutes um <laughs> which I, I i keep saying it and i keep going like that's not that that's real. yeah like like again i'm frustrated about the white Sox. i don't know if but like a large chunk of money and like there are people who donated a hundred dollars toward this like there are lots of like i'll throw in three bucks i'll throw in five yeah i get that i can get like yeah whatever yeah. you know i won't i won't bet on DraftKings tonight i'll put five on this yeah. but like people were putting like real sums of money there was a popular one was people putting uh 79 dollars down it must have been right after the the jose brave yeah that i think you might yeah, yeah. That sounds about right where it was like you had the conflicting reports of like one person's like yeah, Jose Abreu said that they have made a the White Sox made a great offer, and then someone else was like, "No, like I speak Spanish," and he said they didn't really make an offer, which is fine. Yeah, and it was like, oh, so it's like a, a lot difference. of people were donating. Yeah, right. People, there were some people donating seven uh, seventy nine dollars for his number and and some other some other craziness. But it, yeah, I think it was four thousand in um like a. 12 hour period because i posted like around noon and by like that night it was near four thousand, and it hit five in just about 24 hours and then it leveled off and i was like fully ready for like okay like it'll stop now and now and 
So it, it, in the $5,000 range, it finally stopped. And I was like losing it. Cause I was like, I don't know what we're going to do. Um, Cause that's too much money. Just like, just in general, yeah. like, like it's too much. Um, so again, conferred with, conferred with a few friends and, and we came to the conclusion that like having it up for six months is funny and like cool, but it's but not like, necessary. Yeah. It's, it's not, it doesn't have the same effect. Um, so we decided we it would cost a little bit more to make it this way, but we decided two billboards for two months each, and they'll go up. I have the they gave me an exact date plus or minus a week, but it'll be basically within the week or two before opening day they'll go up and they'll stay up for all of uh, April into like the last week of May, and that's when they'll go down. Um, what I always like to bring up is on top of that, we also were able to donate $1,200 to charity, which I yeah. think is about a million times cooler. And if there, w I won't say I wanted to donate all of it because I, I couldn't do that for like no, yeah. several reasons, but like, I would have liked to say that I could just donate all of it. Um, we donated, so it was originally going to be $1,200, the, the full 1200 to a local charity. And then as, we were like getting ready. Like I was closing up and everything was the, the uh, Liam, Liam Hendrick news yeah. drop. Yeah. So um, looked around, looked at a few things, wanted to do something because again, my mic's being very bad. Um, <laughs> that's, that's baseball player reflexes right there. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, cause the whole point of this, and it's like, it's a thing people don't get. From my perspective, the whole point of this, uh, well, first of all, it's, it's a joke. But second, the, the other point of this was it's a way to show support without Jerry Reinsdorf getting your money. Which exactly. for me personally, for me personally, like that's my goal. I I don't live in Chicago. I haven't been to I'll, the last time I was at a White Sox game in Chicago Gavin Floyd started. So like <laughs> I, it's it's been a while. And like I've never heard that name in so long. <laughs> yeah, he threw six and a third, either no hit or perfect against Boston and then got pulled. I like <laughs> I, I remember this game very vividly. But um for like a variety of reasons. I haven't been back to I've only been back to Chicago a couple times in the last six, seven years, and and you know, whatever else. So, you know, um I don't give Jerry Reinsdorf my money, like as a blanket rule. Yeah. This is a way that you can support the team or show support without him getting your money directly. Well, yeah. And like multiple ways too. Yeah. You're, you're helping donate to Liam, which is a great, like <laughs> you're talking about, there was so much money. What a great byproduct of. Yeah, okay, exactly. We're all, we're all coming together in pessimism essentially, because we're so angry at the White Sox. And you get an opportunity to, you know what? We've all gathered together so well in pessimism yeah. on the White Sox that we can actually support a player still without giving any money to Jerry, which is a pretty yeah. incredible way to, uh, I don't even like, just yeah. avoid I mean, like, Jerry. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I basically, I looked up a, a few different things and I, you know, I hate to say that I, it's, it's hard to trust cancer charities, but like there's like a general air of like, some of them are a little bit less yeah. sketchy with how the money is spent kind of thing. I, I hate to say that. So I, I did probably about a day's worth of research, um, like a full, like a couple hours for two or three days uh, each to like parse through a few, see what's really right. What, you know, 
what I think would be appropriate. Um, and we ended up, we, we selected one, uh, we gave, we donated $600 to them. And then we donated $600 to the uh, Greater Food Bank of Chicago, which I, which I also, I was trying to select a, a, a local charity that I don't think you could have any political or yeah. like any negative, like it, I don't care who you are. If you have an issue with people who need food, getting food, like, I mean, I wouldn't have wanted your money. Right. Like it, it, we're, it's not, you know, there's no political affiliation with it. It's just, it's money for people who need it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, honestly, like I, I, I say this like to everyone who asks about it. Cause I was home a couple weeks ago and my parents couldn't wait to tell all their friends like Bennett, you have to, you have to tell them the whole story. You have to tell them everything. And I just like, I need to establish like, this was a joke. This was not meant to like happen. And it, and then, of, right, as you said, like got picked up by Block Club. I was uh, interviewed on uh, US 99. Um, a couple other places hit me up for interview requests. Like it's ridiculous. And like, I, I was like, okay, like, you know, that Block Club article, like that pushed it from uh, like 5,000 to 5,600, which is where we ended about 56. We were actually really close to 56, 56, which would have been funny because it was really burly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was, yeah, it, it's crazy. Um, I have a question for you. So at any point during the fundraising process, were you worried about Jerry potentially tracking you down, like figuring out, hey, who's this guy at the bottom that's trying to get me fired? <laughs> so, I mean, like, here's the thing. <laughs> I've I, someone else asked me like, do you think this will get him to sell the team? I'm like, no, no, of shot. course not. Yeah, like, no, not, like it's it'll be a fly on his windshield at like the most, right? Yeah. Like, it, it won't be anything. Um, well, if you don't live in Chicago, he'd have to spend money to try to find you too. Right, so he probably wouldn't do that. <laughs> right? Exactly. Plane right. tickets would be and I'm way not, out of the budget. And I'm not in Arizona, so he is that he's that cut out too. Yeah. I um. I have actual concern, and we, I'm I'm I have to this week actually present the the image that uh, another member of White Sox Center who, for the moment, will remain nameless because he's not sure if he wants his name on it, which is totally respectful. He made an image for me. I, I we kind of went over a couple ideas. There's the only thing I'll sell. I'll tell you it, it says don't sell the team or like uh, or sell the team, Jerry. And the only thing I'll tell you that like the only thing that I'm teensy bit concerned about is it's uh, the S for sell the team is like the old English S kind of like the Sox logo. Mm -hmm. And I'd be lying if I said there hasn't been a thought of like, they might say that's too close. And like, we have an issue in which oh, case, yeah. in which case we'll make it a regular S and it's fine. It was just like the nice little flourish on top of it. Mm -hmm. Just make it a dollar sign or something. That's, that might be a good idea. Ooh, that would right, be a I'm really right, good idea. Right, I want credit though. Well, yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah I'll, put, I'll put you on the very bottom. I'm just kidding. Uh, I don't know if I right. want credit. Yeah, well, so that's literally the artist was like, ah, you know, I was like, that's fair. Yeah, but so for like, for the GoFundMe, I think I had to change it when I, um, like to actually withdraw the money, but the GoFundMe was like funded, like fundraiser started by, and I had it, my name listed as White Sox Twitter fans or White Sox fans or something like that. Like, I, I can't state this, and I'm the one who tweeted it. I didn't want my name on it. I yeah. didn't want, I didn't want to be again, because it could be, you know, associated with whatever else. And that's why like 
White Sox will not appear on the bill. The word White Sox will not appear on the billboard. Uh, Reinsdorf will not appear on the billboard because then, you know, you can't technically say we're talking about a specific Jerry, you know, things like that. Like, yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to keep it clean as like clean as possible. While still getting the message across. Um, but yeah, I will also say this and this is this could lead into another story. I don't think you guys I don't know if you guys are aware of that would be the second time Jerry Reinsdorf has responded to me. Um what was the Which first is time? a really weird thing to say, <laughs> <laughs> and it sounds, but like he's he's replied to me before. There was, um, do you guys remember the? It was twenty nineteen. The there was like a, a this tweet circulating that like Jerry Reinsdorf told a guy from the Marlins like you should always finish second, and like oh I yeah, I so he, that, he yeah. can like he can like yeah. maximize his potential revenue and stuff like that right never happen. yeah like you get yeah. you get the fans to buy in without having to spend more. so i i was the one who tweeted that out um and two days later the team had to re- release an official statement which is <laughs> I, I i legit like legit this is really cool that's and awesome. i'm really proud of like how much money we raised and how much we got to charity like that's the coolest thing that's ever happened to me and, like, <laughs> like i i can say that honestly um but so like if he responds, cool. I'm not expecting anything. This also, like, this sounds really stupid for him. Like, as much yeah. as it sell the team, Jerry, it's not for Jerry. It's no, for it's the for fans. All, it's like, for all of us. Yeah. 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 So, like, if he wants to respond, great. Like, it, he, him responding is him missing the point, and it's, 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 which is what, which wouldn't be a surprise, but yeah. Got to um, be an all-time top ten feeling getting a. Uh, a letter or a new a statement from the White Sox debunking your <laughs> right, right, right. Oh, literally, literally like top ten. Right, Jer- Jerry Reinsdorf hit quote tweet. Yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, it was right. It was, it was something the fact that like Mr. Reinsdorf does not recall this conversation. He always is. He always wants to win. It's like, mm, do you though? <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's wild, and I mean, again, like. So people have said this to me too, and it's not wrong. Don't you know? Devil you know is might be better than the devil you don't, right? Like, yeah. Who knows? You know, for every we love a Steve Cohen, Steve Cohens don't grow on trees. Yeah. Um. So there's always that kind of risk too, where if you you know if you if you bring someone else in, you don't know what kind of uh, person they're going to be. But but the same again, is true for Gar Packs, right? I mean, like you just at some point you can't keep living with that same devil because you just can't you can't function as an organization because it's just not yeah. working anymore you know like so i get what yeah, you're saying right at some point yeah it's at some point with with that you've dug so deep with it that like and i'll give you the example today it's real simple people are like hemming and hawing and being like stunned over like pedro griffel's like comments and it's like they weren't like particularly outstanding it's just that Tony LaRusso was the manager the last two years. So like breathing with your mouth closed is like an accomplishment as a White Sox manager <laughs> right now. Like it's all Staying on a scale. Throughout a game. <laughs> right. Like it's all on this scale that like, I, cool. Like, you know what? He said the team's going to improve. Like that doesn't impress me. He was away. So that was like right. huge. <laughs> right. It's just you're, when you set the bar on the ground, like you shouldn't be impressed when people are able to clear it. Yeah. And I, I think, the, the sell the team billboard, and like you said, it's not even for Jerry. It's almost just this rallying cry for how disappointing the franchise has been. And I'm 
I'm 23 years old, right? And, and Will's 20. So we've only experienced the last really 15 years of White Sox just frustration. I'm, I'm barely old enough to remember the 05 World Series. Will was, you know, probably still sucking on his mom's thumb in 2005. So we're still like, we're just. That. <laughs> <laughs> and so we're like, we're used to this now. Yeah. Like it's almost become a practice to hopes up. Uh, here we go. And then and at the end of the year, you're frustrated again. I'll, I'll say this and I'm only, I'm 29. So, and I haven't lived in Chicago since I was, I was sucking on, Never mind. Um, <laughs> I, I shouldn't say that. That That's embarrassing. <laughs> um, but like I missed a big, like I'll be honest. Oh, like 2000. I remember the 2000. I remember watching a little bit of the 2000 ALDS. And then be, I lived in New York. So like MLB TV wasn't a thing. Yeah. You know, like now I get why people hate it for the blackouts. For me, it's the only way I can watch this team, you know, without worrying yeah. about getting viruses or anything. So, like, I get it. I get that, too. But, like, until 05, like, 04, we watched a decent amount. But, like, 05 is where I my love for this team is. So, like, I'm with you. But if you look through the history books, it's been the same thing for 120 years of yeah. a couple of years of greatness. Okay, now wait. Maybe we'll, Maybe they'll be good. Maybe they'll be above average. But they'll probably be average because that's the real secret of the White Sox is they're never terrible. They're rarely terrible. They're just always okay. But that's the difference is it's it, it, the result is average because the entire process is about going at it average. There's never a let's take a chance and let's go risk it all to try and be above average. It's our process is going to be average. We're going to develop a very average minor league system. We're going we're gonna, to you know accrue very average depth. We're going to accrue very average major league talent. And guess what we're going to be? We're going to be effing average. Like every year, it's the same thing. I actually, I will say they do take risks. They're just not the smart risk. Like there are there are risks that are worth taking. And there are risks that are not as worth taking. And uh, the current front office seems to like taking these risks that don't like not the higher uh percentage outcomes i'll say the 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 risks that are usually lower cost rather than lower low cost low reward versus high like cost international high signing risks they'll take those risks yeah but, but even term, like yeah, even, even major league talent how many risks do they take major league almost none um they they will take and that's that's part of the other thing and that's part of why whenever the white Sox make a signing half of White Sox Twitter blows up and the other half goes, hey, it's not so bad. It's not so bad is the issue. Yeah, it's, it's exactly. never It's never the the home run swing. As you, as you said, it's never a huge risk. I mean, and here's here's the issue. I'll tell you, the last huge risk, two huge risks they took were Yasmani Grandal and Dallas Keuchel. And when healthy, and if he'll ever be healthy again, who can say Yasmani Grandal's great, and Dallas Keuchel had a really good year, year, yeah, one, one. Well, I, I, I will also say he didn't get – I hate to defend Dallas Keuchel because I, he's clearly like kind of an ass. But um, <laughs> a, a pitch-to-contact pitcher playing in front of the worst defense in baseball for two years isn't fair. Yeah. I'm not saying there weren't other issues, and very clearly for him going to other teams, he's now broken. Like he's yeah. just – he's mentally destroyed, and it, it sucks. 
He's made a lot of money. It's fine. It's okay. But headlining he, drive lines free agency day. Yeah, like um, <laughs> um but like I can I can get why he failed and why he fell apart. And there were other issues too, of course. But like the what was it? The game where he gave up nine straight hits and like eight of them hit off a fielder. Yeah, like <laughs> I remember that. Again, I get it, and I get like I I can see okay. Three of these could have been turned into like they were they were rockets, but surely someone could have stopped one of them. It was it's like it's one yeah. of those things with that. But yeah, they don't take the risk. Like again with Andrew Benintendi, you know it's what? Not a risk. Andrew Benintendi. Solid player. Yes, yes. He has, he has all-star upside. No question about it. He's, he is the definition of maybe a 2020 guy if everything falls right. You know, when he was coming up, they thought 30-30. Within a couple of years, okay, he can be 2020, which is important. And it's, yeah. It's, it's a good thing. It's just like. It's very White Sox. Yeah, it's a team that had that didn't have any power and didn't have great fielding, and they brought in a guy who doesn't have power and can't field. It's just like it's the, and a good player, but like mm-hmm. it's the same kind of thing. Oh, and like it's, you were talking about half White Sox dribbles up, another half's like okay, like it's good. He's the perfect example because mm-hmm. you're looking at a roster with okay, here's the holes, here's the needs, right? And it was very, very, very clear going into the offseason. There was like three or four big needs. One of them being someone that can play outfield defense. The other being left-handed power. The other being, you know, a, a, a second baseman that you can legitimately rely on. A, and a then ma- A major league quality second Yes, and then, a, and then a fifth starter. Those are, the, those are the four big holes that you were talking about. Yep. Andrew Benintendi's a really good baseball player who, by all means, has been a very <laughs> successful player in the major leagues. In no way did he fill any of those holes, though. And that's like the no risk thing is yeah. you would have had to take a risk to fill one of those holes, which would have been Conforto, right? Like, right? Conforto right. is like, say, oh. say ri- Yeah, you would have had to, to say, or, have a contract that had nine digits in it. Or is, Joey Gallo, like you're taking so a like, risk. Yeah. Here's, here's the thing, and I'll say this. Was it Nimmo who got the crazy deal? Yeah. I, I'm with I you. That's, that, I'm yeah. with you. I get it. Like I'm, not, I'm not saying sign what whoever for whatever they want. Like mm-hmm. I, I get that. There's just, there's clearly more. And I, 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 I like was saying it a lot late last year because I kind of was, you know, I was over the season a little bit. I think which is which is fair. They really painted themselves into a corner, and especially when they said now they they made a couple free agent signings. I mean, I think all their free agent signings combined. The full contract, whatever, is about $100 because it was like 15 for uh, uh, Clevenger and 75 for Benintendi and whatever else they bring in. Yeah. They – Rick Hahn went, yeah, we're going to do – we're going to we're gonna make trades. That's probably how we're going to move player, players around. You'll notice there haven't been any trades. Because the trade because, market was nothing, yeah. Well, forget the trade market was nothing. Every White Sox player is at their lowest possible value right now. Who are yeah. you? Who are you trading for someone of value where you're getting a, a forget forget what they're worth because what they're worth is a different story for what you think they're worth as mm-hmm. someone who developed them brought them up. People were saying trade Eloy Jimenez. I promise you, as one who doesn't live in the Chicago sports bubble, no one gives a shit about Eloy Jimenez's last six weeks or whatever whatever the hell it was. No yeah. one cares. That they're, they're not looking yeah. at that as his trade value. They're looking yeah. at the fact that he can't stay on the field. 
and the fact that he can't field when he is on the field. So like they painted themselves into this, into this corner where they're not going to sign anyone for big money and yeah. they can't trade anyone because the only players they can trade right now are Montgomery, who I can understand not trading. And like Colas, who again, I can understand not trading. Like I'm not going to tell you, you have to flip your prospects for like established talent. I get it, but you don't have anyone to trade then. Yeah. So like what, you know, at that point, what are we talking about? Absolutely. All right, I got a hypothetical for you. So let's say three to five years from now, Jerry's antics have continued. What are we go funding for then? We got to get something bigger. Like are we thinking like a blimp, um, one of those planes with like a flag <laughs> behind it, building multiple, a building? Multiple people said if we called the team, they'd probably let us advertise in the stadium. Like he'd take, <laughs> he'd take the money to do that. Like, <laughs> that'd be interesting. Like that'd be fun. Um yeah, I think in three to five years, if this all continues, I honestly can say this, and I don't mean this in a rude way. People are just not going to be paying attention. So what's going to is what's going to happen? Yeah. Like, like it's it's gotten to that point where like I you and I mean you you guys are baseball players, so I'm sure it's similar for you guys. Like, I would literally opening day, I'd have a White Sox shirtsy under a White Sox jersey with the White Sox hat, all all you know two eleven whatever, and like I. I don't even know if I care this year. Like, like it's it, it was really that rough last year. Um, where like the season's cool. I'm basically gonna do what I did what I did for most of last year, which is I'm gonna I'm gonna bet on something. It probably won't be the White Sox because I can't trust any of them. And like that that'll be my baseball consumption, basically. Yeah. And uh, and then the kind of going like let's just, just to kind of let's try and end it on some kind of White Sox high note, because believe me, I am as pessimistic as anybody too, so I, I get it. But is there anything that we can look forward to heading into this year that's a bright light aside from Jerry, aside from the spending, aside from all the other BS that they do on the on the side? What can we look yeah. forward to heading into twenty twenty three as White Sox fans? So here's here's what I'll say because I I have like. Once you cut through it, like you have to look at the team, you have to look at 2023, you have to, okay. Last year they were in 80, 81 and 81, right? Yeah. It ha- they had to finish perfectly because it's it's too funny if they did. Yeah, it was just cryptic. Half the roster fell off a cliff, right? Like literally no one played well. Yep. Statistically, by, like almost by law, like half of them have to play better. Yeah. So if you if half of them play better on an eighty-one win team, they should they should be something more. Now you take away Jose Abreu, of course. You take away this is a f- this is a fucking win. You take away Josh Harrison, um, <laughs> like which I love Josh Harrison. Like that's not. Never that, thought I'd be that, saying that. Right. Like that's that's the summation of what's wrong with the Chicago White Sox. I mean that with no offense. I, I love them, but like that's the the point. Yeah. They're hot, like like Eloy Jimenez is either a major league player, like like who plays every day, or he's out of Chicago next year. Like for real. Like Lucas Giolito is either gonna find his form or he's gonna be DFA. Legit like legitimately at yeah. this point. They like it's the only reason you might not be is because they don't have the depth to DFA him. But like even still, it's now or never. So like yeah. you're you're getting that with a lot of guys where it's just like 2020, like they have they don't have to be elite like you know the, the what was it the 2020 where they were like the fourth best hitting team in baseball they just have to that. be better 
Right. Statistically, they can't all be this bad again, or we're rebuilding entirely and everything yeah. getting thrown out the window. I will say, and no, I'm sorry you said positive note, it would not shock me if their goal was to sell a little bit this year with the goal of 2024 being the the con- competition because you figure at that point Montgomery is up. You figure uh, Colas is like good. a regular. Right. He should be like fully attuned. Hopefully a couple other guys have come back. Um, if they don't trade him, um, uh, what's his name? I can't even think of the names right now. That That's where I'm at with, with White Sox yeah. baseball. You should have guys coming back from injury fully healthy. You should have guys. You'll have like a year or two of cease left, which, you know, that. You know, if you really, if you know one thing about Jerry, you know he doesn't pay high for yeah, starting pitchers. He's so, like, by Boris mm-mm. too, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's he's he got two or three years. So, like, my like the thing I've been mumbling, and I don't like saying loud because people really don't. I I say it on Twitter; it's a lie. But it would not shock me if the team did not start off well if Tim Anderson was traded by the deadline, just because there was like these issues last year, and he's got a year and a, he'll have a year and a half left. And you can get something that's and like he's probably the high, yeah, he's the highest value player right. on the team. Le- mm-hmm. Right. Legitimately. That's the other thing. It's literally, it's I'm saying there's no one has the value left. Tim Anderson probably still has that value. I mean, Dylan Cease has it, but you're obviously you're not trading Dylan Yeah. Cease. Um like that's kind of been what I've been I've been feeling like that's gonna come down if the team doesn't like doesn't start off strong. And now we're also talking about them playing a schedule where they don't get to play the, the Royals and the Tigers 17 times each yeah. year anymore. Yep. So that's a different story too. But I just, I have this creeping feeling if things don't get going super well, that they might sell a little bit with the goal of 2024, uh, which sucks because this is, this is the this window. This is like what we've all been waiting for <laughs> since like 2016. This, right. This it's was like, literally, we, we, we waited. 2023. Yeah, right. Well, 2020 cross out. Oh, yeah, 2020 cross out. It changes 2022, every year. 2022 <laughs> World Series or bust cross yep. out. Bust. You will no longer be mired in mediocrity. Yeah, right. It that goes up one every the, year. The post, what was it? The tweet they had today, they were like, yeah, we won't accept last year. We're going to be better. I was <laughs> the like, failure yeah, motivates I, us or whatever right, it was. I fucking, yeah. hope, I fucking hope not. Like, <laughs> like, obviously, but like, show us. Don't do, like do it on the field. And like, yeah. you're getting these weird quotes today that Eloy was like, yeah, you'll see how well conditioned I am yeah. in spring training. Like, yeah, that's what I'm worried about. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, I want to see you pass spring training this time. Um, I just feel like there's so much pressure on Pedro Grafol, even though this isn't even like his fault. Or it's really his job to fix everything, but there's so much pressure on him because of how how flawed Tony was that it's like, can Pedro motivate all these guys to be great again? Well, so I actually, honestly, I think it might be the opposite. And again, it's the thing I said before. It's going to be the like, wow, he didn't forget the extra inning rules. Like, you know what? Like, good, good for Pedro, man. Like, he pitched to a guy in one two count. Yeah, like he knows this game. Like, it's it's again, the bar is so low for him. And I agree, there's a lot of work for him to do. And it's so hard, especially in like a weird like in the first year, to know the impact the manager really has from like from the outside. Um because like people, you know, 2021, the the White Sox won the division with Tony Larusa as manager. Like, yeah. let, let's let's be clear about it. Like Tony Larusa came back out of retirement and won a division, but I don't know. I I I still 
think they probably end up second or third in the division, and they're not they're not making the wild card. Like, yeah, it's, uh, it's just sad. right. The yeah. East and the you know, the West has, the West, a, has yeah. enough. Yeah, like it's way too good. Yeah, like you're gonna need both the Twins to fall back a little bit, which I don't really expect, and you obviously need Cleveland to fall off the cliff we've been waiting for. But they they just, they just traded for Michael A. Taylor. The Twins did. Yep. Um, I mean, that's whatever. That's it's not a but, crazy move, but it's a move, right? right? It, well, so like the they get a pass because you you know you'll hear why do they get a pass and the White Sox don't for Benintendi? It's because that's a depth move, not this mm-hmm. is our entire offseason. Yeah, <laughs> um, our new superstar. Yeah. Right, they're not going. Michael E. Taylor is going to be the the workhorse of the roster. Yeah. The second coming. <laughs> <laughs> Hey. Well, Bennett, uh, we want to say thank you for coming on and you know talking about your your little adventure that you weren't expecting, and then obviously talking about the White Sox because we are all in the same boat, pretty much. So <laughs> uh, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, we are excited to see that thing get put up. I think all of White Sox fandom is going to be a little excited to see that thing put up. Besides the Jerry Truthers, and uh, both, both of them, yeah. one <laughs> and two, two. yeah. <laughs> They're going to be sitting there with their picket signs, you know. And what, yeah. But, uh, right. yeah, thank you again for coming on. We really appreciate it. And uh, we will stay on the prowl, wait for those things to go up, and, you know, go follow Bennett on Twitter, and you can get some updates on that too. So thank you again, Bennett. Yeah, thanks, guys. It's a pleasure. Any Anytime, happy to hop back on. Absolutely. Thank you. Cool. That was Mr. Bennett Carroll. Uh, great interview with him. Fun, a lot of fun. Big time White Sox fan. Likes covering the Sox. I think I, I believe he does some work with Sox Machines over there with our guy. He does, uh, Mr. Josh Nelson. So, uh, very good to have him on. Talk about his little billboard project, which is, I I truly can't believe that turned out the way it did. I mean, that's incredible that he had that that much support in like a day. Yeah, that's good for him. So that's how pissed off everybody was. They're so frustrated that they just, they donated all that money, and now he's, we're gonna have billboards up in Chicago, which is just incredible. As long as there's no more of those Brian Urlacher ones, the oh restore. My God, the friggin' I was bald. Now I'm not. He looks great, though. I will get. I'll give him that. Who Urlacher? Nothing against him. Yeah, he's a gotta, legend. Chicago gotta, sports legend. Gotta give him credit for his hair. You really do. Yeah. But um, last segment here, we're gonna end the show with a little start bench cut retire, a little SBCR. And this edition of Start Bench Cut Retire is bounce back candidates. So we are going to start bench cut and retire these four bounce back candidates for the 2023 season. Our nominees are drumroll, please. Wait, I think I can do it. Can you do it? Oh, yeah. Chris Bryant of the Colorado Rockies. Chris Ooh. Sale of the almost the Chicago White Sox. Of the Boston Red Sox. Yasmani Grandal of the Chicago White Sox. And Cody Bellinger of the Chicago Cubs. If you'll notice, all four of these players have Chicago ties, either playing for one of the Chicago teams or having played for the Chicago teams. And all four of them are coming off of 
pretty tough years. Bryant mostly injured. Bellinger kind of fell off the face of the earth and fell out of Dodgers' plans. They non-tendered him in the offseason. Chris Sale, another injury-plagued year. Can't just stay on the field at all. And Grandall with a combination of both falling flat in his face when he was playing. And a lot of times he wasn't playing either because he was hurt. So these four guys, we're going to rank them based on whether we think they are going to bounce back or not. So, Will, who is your start out of this group? Bellinger. Easy. Bellinger. Got it. Tell me why. He's, he's going to be healthy. He's on a prove-it contract. I know comeback player of the year. Unanimous. And I know comeback player of the year. All right. I like it. I actually have my start as Bryant here. Uh, I, I Bryant's just been too good over his career to assume that he just is bad, right? And he was very injured. And when he did play, he actually played pretty well, but he just didn't play very much. And a lot of his batted ball statistics kind of lead to a positive regression for him. So it's hard for me to, to sit back and, and think that Bryant isn't going to bounce back big time and be the guy the Rockies paid him to be. Interesting. Who's your, who's your bench? My bench is Chris Sale. He's going to be Ooh. back from injury. He's he very nasty. Cut the jerseys out? No, shut up. He's he's nasty regardless. <laughs> I, he's not his old, his old self, obviously, but he's still so good. He's my bench. He's not so good, Will. That's the problem. Yes, he he's is. not good. That will be the show he would carve you up. That's a video game, not real life. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah, I he'll his his legacy the card with the best pitcher. On his MLB legacy show. card might carve me up. His legacy card will carve me up. Not his. He'll probably have a bronze no, card. No, his base this card year. would too. No, he had a he no, had a diamond last year. He would still carve cap. you up. No, I yeah, use your in bench. life. Uh, my bench is Cody Bellinger. So I'm also high on Bellinger. I agree with you. It's a prove it deal. He's got a fresh start, fresh city, a fan base that's excited for him, but there's also not a ton of expectation for him. He's been living under some high expectations in Los Angeles. You're the MVP, right? You're like supposed to be like that guy for us, and he just didn't live up to it. He's got a fresh start in Chicago, right? He's not even the biggest free agent signing. They brought in Dansby, so it's not like he's their prized possession here. He was kind of one of a flurry of moves. Right, he gets to be the everyday starting center fielder pretty much unequivocally. There's not really any competition there, and yeah, it's a prove it deal. Right? This is his kind of last chance to go, like, show that he can be an everyday all star type outfielder who should be getting paid on a long term deal. So I I believe in Ballinger this year too. I think the expectation is a big part of it because this Cubs team isn't expected to really win, and they're trying to get better. Then I expect it to win, which is a big deal. I think they will win, though. You think so? Yeah. And Bellinger's going to hit so many balls into the bleachers. I think he has Completely a good year. unbiased, too. Yeah, because we hate him. <laughs> we hate the Cubs. <laughs> exactly. That's no, how I, you know I, I like right. their offseason. Yeah. I, no, I agree. I think Bellinger's going to bounce back. I just, I, I think Chris Bryant's just a better player. So. Well, that's who I had for my cut. He's cuts obviously Bryant. really good when, he, yeah, he's obviously really good when he's healthy. But I saw something that ever since he got hit in the face while he was hitting in 2018 at Coors Field, he just has not been the same player. 
Really? I'm riding with that curse, unfortunately. But You think he's got a little hex I, on him? Yeah, not that I wish that on him. A little bit of Murphy's Law curse on him. Yeah. I just don't think he'll ever be the same. If it Now, if it happened at a different field than Coors Field, different story. But since it happened at the field that he currently calls his home field, I think there's some curse or some bad juju around him there. And then I'll, I guess I could just explain my retire is Yaz. I mean, that dude is just, he's just a sack of sticks. He sucks. You he's think so? Declining. Yes. The best you thing we your, get out of him is just a bunch of walks. You're out on Yasmani? I'm out on him. Not like out of this group. I don't think he'll, I don't think he'll come back. He might come okay. back and be like, okay, but he won't come back and be as good as any of these guys. I think that's fair. I actually have Yasmani as my cut, so I have Yasmani ahead of Sale. You're a Chris Sale hater. I, I'm not a hater. He's just not you good anymore. You know he's anymore. good. You're just a hater. He's not good anymore. <laughs> he's not good. He's not Don't a good pitcher anymore. He's, he, what's the best ability, Will? You know what the best ability is? Availability. Availability. And, and he's Chris bad. Sale plays. He's healthy. No, he's not. You, he says, he's they say that every be. year. And then he closes his hand in the car door or he falls he gets off in a, a biking bike. accident. Yeah, or he punches a hole in the wall or something dumb happens where he's hurt. And it he's happens back. every year. And it's hard to get behind a train that constantly goes off the tracks. And that's what Will, that's what Chris Sale does every year. He's not going off the tracks. He's hitting one of those like detours, those turnpikes. He's going on to a different track. Yeah, it's going to take him down to Pawtucket so he can play for the minor league team. That's where it's taking him. That's where he'll be on his rehab assignment four times this year. Cy Young, season two, coming. I call B. He hasn't even won a Cy Young. <laughs> he hasn't Cy even won one. Cy Young nomination, season two, coming. Which is a Where shame because he's legitimately the guy that if he would have won a Cy Young, you could put him in like a potential Hall of Fame discussion. But then he decided to just keep getting hurt over and over and over and over and over again, which is ridiculous. But, yeah, I got Yasmani at my cut. I think – the Sox are going to do a lot this year to get him off of his feet more often. They put out the hype video of him throwing med balls. I hope that means he's healthy. I don't really know what that means. Uh, you that know, probably I, means he's going to be like the best baseball player yeah, ever. Yeah, because he could throw a med, med ball balls. against the wall. Yeah, which every not just anyone could do that. Every high school player on up does that, which is remarkable that he's able to do that. But I, I think if they can get him off his feet, he's a guy that really thrives on being a power guy. Because then he's able to draw more walks because his plate discipline and his power is really, really above average. So he's not going to make contact. We know that. He's a strikeout guy. He's a three-true outcome guy. But the problem was he was only a two-true outcome guy last year because he didn't have any power. So it was pretty much either a strikeout or a walk. If he can add in the ability to hit the ball out of the ballpark this year, just be a guy that gets on base a lot for the White Sox, that's adding the value that he was supposed to bring when he came in. And he's still a decent defensive catcher, but I just I'd rather see him be more productive at the plate than behind it this year, which the White Sox need to. Which then he's leads an, me to he's my so bad defensively too. He's not bad. He's just very average. He just can't throw anyone very out. Average. Yeah, he's he's good. At, he's a very good blocking and receiving catcher. Um, and then not a good I, run stopper though. No, and then I got retiring Chris Sale. I mean. Hater. I I love Chris Sale and his time at the White Sox, but it's it's just not happening, man. Like it is happening. No, and it's the not. You realize it. 
His average 2022 fastball was 94 miles an hour, but he didn't throw that much. 2021, it was 93. And That's pretty good. It's not horrible, but I just don't think he can Burlesque. maintain it. I don't think he can maintain it because he doesn't throw that often. He threw 102 pitches last year. Total. It's come back. It's in the whole back. season. He threw 914 pitches. How many bats did Chris Bryant have last year? This is last two years now, though. He's thrown he's thrown just over one thousand pitches in two seasons combined, and neither one was because of like anything big. It's just because he's always hurt. Like I don't it's comeback. I, it's the comeback player, though. His yeah. expect his expected ERA just continue like continues to rise every year. Four oh eight last year. Hard hit percentage. People. His hard hit percentage was thirty nine percent. Why it's a comeback? It's a comeback category. Guys were hitting the sweet spot on him forty four percent of the time. It's a comeback category. He's coming back. If you believe it, you can make it happen. I, believe it. I just, I'm telling you, I have a hard time getting behind it. Real hard time. I have a hard time. It. It's just okay. not. I love the guy, even though he's a big jersey cutter. You just can't get past that. That's why. That's why you hate him. No. I don't hate him because they got us Moncada, who's my favorite. But even though he's not good or hasn't been good, better than Chris hasn't Sale. been great. Better than Chris Sale. Who would you rather have this year, Chris Sale or Yon Moncada? Well, it depends if Yon Moncada can actually play this year. Because I'm just I'm asking you right now, as of I, January 26th, 20... 2019, 2019, Yon. No, as of January sixth, January twenty sixth. 2023, who would you rather have on your baseball team this year, Yohan Moncada or Chris Yohan Moncada for his defense. That's okay. it, though. Fair. So the White Sox won the trade. But you're comparing a player that was hurt <laughs> and didn't play to a player that played all last year. I'm just saying. Who would you rather have, Michael Kopech or Chris Sale? That's a better comparison. Kopech. Well, Easy. I, Younger. Yeah. Why was I... I just I'm not on the Chris. We were Sale talking about anymore. that though. I would I would always take Kopech over Sale. If you would have asked me this question in 2021, I would have had Chris Sale at the top of my list, no matter who you put on there. But I'm just off it now. It's 2023. He's proven that he can't stay on the field. Well, I was talking to him the other day, and he's ready to prove you oh, wrong. Oh, he's ready to go. Yeah. What he said? What he said? He hit me up on TikTok DM and said he's he's feeling better than ever this year. Yeah, just been absolutely ripping the J-bands. Yeah, he's working with Lucas Giolito's pitching coach. He changes motion. Anytime he, anytime he punches something, he puts on the Hulk fist first. So that way just to protect his hand. Jeez, you always go back to that. <laughs> Let it go. It was like 10 he years did. ago. Let it go. He's been riding a tricycle instead of a bicycle lately. Let it go. It was years it's ago. Just, it's comical. The shit he's gotten into to get hurt. Ron, he, sl- he slammed. About- he slammed his foot in a car door, dude, and was out. We're talking about the on-field factor, but I don't know how he does that. I don't even know how one slams their foot in the door. How do you of car. slam your foot it's in a car impressive. door? Couldn't like tell He just seems like a guy who gets hurt, which surprisingly he didn't really get hurt with the White Sox. He's still gonna deal though. All right, you say. Don't worry so. about it. So I'm starting Chris Bryant. I'm benching Cody Ballinger. I am cutting Yasmani Grandal, and I'm retiring Chris Sale. Will starting Cody Ballinger, benching Chris Sale, cutting Chris Bryant, and retiring Yaz. 
once and for all. I think that was a pretty good list, actually. Yeah, it was a good list. It was a good a category. Lot of, a lot of, lot of diversity fan. in this one. I like it. Yeah. Outfielder, catcher, infielder, pitcher. I really wasn't. I didn't really even put that much time into putting that together. If I'm being completely honest, I just, just kinda, that smart. I just kind of did it. Good for you. I'll take a bite. I wish I had that brain. Put the Riverside claps on it. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> I want some. I want some gratification. Thank you. Thank you. Thank All you. Right, not, enough of that. Oh, well, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for our show today. Thank you to Bennett Carroll for coming on and talking White Sox, White Sox billboard, and everything else with us. Great start, bench cut, retire. Great AL East preview. Talked a lot of baseball. We'll be back pretty soon. We'll give you guys an update on when the next episode will drop, as mean will remain fairly busy with school and baseball. So thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next time, ladies and gentlemen. And everybody else.